0: Adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, have a profound impact on human development, shaping both the mental, physical, even the social health outcomes throughout a person's life. Now thankfully, positive childhood experiences can counteract the impact of adverse childhood experiences or help kids build resilience against future adverse childhood experiences. So today we're going to unpack ACEs, and demonstrate how mentors put the P in paces. And paces stands for positive and adverse childhood events. So I'm gonna roll that intro and we'll dive in. I'm Rebecca Britt and this is the Stable Moments Podcast. I started this podcast to understand from all perspectives how we can help end the foster care crisis. The overwhelming response was we need to support our local community unwanted abandoned orphaned children are the community's responsibility we must support guide love invest raise up generations that will nurture love and support their own children to end this crisis so the purpose of this podcast is to build an army of people that are interested and willing to take responsibility of our foster youth and who are supportive of foster and adoptive families This is the on-ramp for people who want to get involved but might not know where to start. I want this to be a place where community members feel like they can make a difference, where they feel good enough to make that difference, and believe that they can be a big deal in the life of a child. Thanks for being part of our community, and make sure to join the conversation in the Stable Moments podcast Facebook group. Together, we can end the foster care crisis. All right, before we get started, if you are interested in launching a Stable Moments program, which is a one-on-one mentorship program that's trauma-informed, developing life skills for foster and adopted youth, or children who've experienced complex trauma, or you know of somebody who should be launching the program, send them our webinar. You can go to StableMoments.com. We've got a free webinar about how you can heal complex trauma through mentorship. So I would love you to go check that out. It's free and you can learn a little bit more about our model. Now, today we are talking about mentors putting the P in paces and we're ta- we're gonna break down adverse childhood events. What does it mean? How do positive events help build resilience against uh, adverse childhood events? So ACEs, adverse childhood events. This uh, was a huge study done um, and the C- you can check out the study on the CDC, but it showed that adverse events in childhood actually lead to long term negative outcomes. Okay. So if you have uh, adverse childhood events, which are categorized as like neglect, abuse, abandonment, there's a lot on there. Um, you know, being insulted, emotional abuse, physical abuse, a divorced parent, a parent that's in jail, um, a parent that struggles with drug abuse or use uh those are all adverse childhood events and there's some that weren't accounted for like Uh, If you had dealt with racism growing up or if you had a parent that was like chronically ill or something So obviously if there's ones that are obvious to you that they were an adverse childhood experience But they're not included in this study then we can just assume that even You know there would be a higher score a higher ACE score and when I talk about ACE score they actually used a test to test people um, on their ACEs, how many ACEs they had. And the higher the ACE score, the more likely or the higher your risk was for having poor health outcomes. And the poor health outcomes were actually, you know, it would be obvious if I said you had higher risk of anxiety and depression, but, There was actual poor physical health outcomes like diabetes and being overweight, um, chronic health issues, high blood pressure, um, stress. So there was physical health issues from having adverse childhood events. There were mental health issues, depression, anxiety. Um, There's higher risk of you um, repeating these patterns and having generational trauma, so um, you being Uh, giving adverse childhood events to your offspring is increased. So the ACEs study showed that people with adverse childhood events, the higher your score, the higher risk you are to have poor health outcomes, even some social outcomes like uh, likelihood to uh, go to jail, um, early pregnancy, those types of things were shown. The good news was that it didn't just stop there. So they did look at like, okay, well, there's some people that had really high adverse childhood event scores, but they did really, really well um, and and they were successful in life and they didn't seem to have these same negative health outcomes that uh, their peers did. And so when they looked at that, they realized that the kids or the people with Uh, High adverse childhood experience scores that were successful and did well They did well because they had more positive childhood experiences and that's like having a grandparent that cared about you somebody that believed in you when you were growing up having a good school system having uh supportive adults in your life, uh, maybe having supportive siblings, having a community that supported you in some way, having, you know, engagement in sports and activities. Those are all things that balanced out kind of this seesaw of negative childhood events, positive childhood events. And it was also seen that positive childhood events built resilience for future. So like if a kid could uh, rely on, their supportive community or a mentor or one healthy adult in their life, a grandparent, they had that support there, a church. Then they also knew when they hit um, other struggles in their life, additional adverse childhood events, that they would have more resilience going into those things because they knew that they had things that they could count on, right? And they were able to navigate the adverse events, A little bit easier than kids that didn't have the positive childhood experiences okay and often I reference complex trauma right when I'm talking about the children we serve and complex trauma just means repeated like it's chronic it's over time so of course um, you can just assume that the more adverse childhood events that you have or the more trauma you have um, the more abandonment, the more neglect, the more abuse that you have, the greater your risk is. Okay? So complex trauma just means it's complex. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It was over time, especially during core ages of development. So the reason why we can't really take the ACEs score into consideration without the P, the positive childhood experiences, is because we saw such a difference, the study saw such a difference in kids that uh, had that positive childhood experience that balanced out some of the childhood adverse experiences. Okay? So, what does this all mean for you? Why is this so important? Well, because I believe that mentors put the P in pieces. So, mentorship. It has been shown in these studies and in multiple studies that one of the things that really builds resilience in kids with adverse childhood experiences and complex trauma is one stable adult over time. So mentorship is that and that's why the Stable Moments program is a 10 month program because we try to make it as long term as possible. And of course, mentors and kids can come back year after year and have that continuity of relationship. And this is one Uh, this is one opportunity for mentors to be that positive role model and give that kid that positive experience. But you're not just giving a kid a positive experience, right? You're showing them that they matter. You're showing them that they're worth showing up for. Um, You're helping them develop self-worth and life skills for them to be successful later on in life, right? So, I know that it must be obvious that uh, mentorship is key for kids who are at risk for, or already have experienced adverse childhood events, but being a mentor and being a trauma-informed community member is even more than just providing a positive experience. So the CDC has five strategies that community members, In communities can employ to prevent adverse childhood events. Because what do we really wanna do? We don't just want to uh, react to it or respond to it, but we would love to prevent adverse childhood events. And their strategies are strengthening economic supports for families, changing social norms, providing quality care in education in early life, enhancing parenting skills, and intervening to prevent risk and future harm. And I think that there are a few of these strategies that mentors, individual community members can really play an active role in. And that's what I'm going to invite you guys to do so that you can understand, cause you know, we hear all these things. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Adverse childhood events, they that causes uh, long-term negative outcomes and sure I'm gonna be positive in a kid's life and that's doing something and trust me It's not just doing something. It's doing something huge But I also think that a lot of times we hear these strategies We hear strategies of how we can fix the problem as a community and we kind of say like I don't really know how I can do that so I'm going to make this super super practical for you and hopefully shift your perspective on how you really can play an active role as a single community member to prevent adverse childhood events. So strengthening economic supports for families, right? So this at a community level would be providing economic supports. You can do this just through giving people money, you know, having, um, food stamps and being able to give people food or um, giving them stipends, but it also could be like career workshops, helping people find jobs. It could just be you're a community member and you have a small business and you're gonna hire somebody that you know is struggling with um, employment right now and you know that they have a family. It is incredible how many kids come into care due to poverty. They literally come into care, their parents are fine people, Um, They're not abused but they don't have enough money to give their kids the life that they need by um, society's standards. So they come into care and no kid should be taken away from their parents because of financial hardship. I truly believe that. So what can you do? You're like okay well I'm probably not going to create a a, um, career workshop for my community. Hey if you can do it. Like if you are part of the Rotary Club or you are you have a good network in your community, figure out how you can like have career fairs or career workshops where you invite people from your community that are looking for jobs to get jobs and have like apprenticeships or internships or something at these uh, local businesses that you know to build up your local community, right? Okay, so that is something you could do if you feel like you have a network. But if you're like, I don't think I have a network, you can still. Your local churches are a great um, place to understand and be connected with individual families. So there may be families there that have been asking for resources. They've been utilizing the food bank at church. They have been asking to be prayed for. Um, They've put in prayer requests or they've put in requests for um, financial assistance with the church. And so the church may be able to drive your funds in a way that they go to these families that are at risk for losing their kids because of poverty. So a church is a great place to say, go directly to them and say hey it is our job to take care of the orphans um, to take care of the families and the kids in our community how can my you know tithe or how can my donation to this church go directly to the families that are in the most need and they churches typically have programs like that so you can do that but you can also go to your local food banks like go to the places that are serving families that don't have enough food um or or having a hard time making ends meet and give your time and give your money there. Um, I know that my county has a Facebook group that is like, it's just called like mutual aid, my county's name or whatever. But you could go on these Facebook groups and you could see what people are asking for and they're just places for people to ask for things. But a lot of times there's the family that says, hey, I'm just $36 short on my light bill, they give proof of the light bill. Uh, Our county, the county that I'm in, actually has a really great moderator where other people and other um, community members will chime in and say, like, this person's legit, she's, you know, we know her from this church or whatever so that you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm just giving money and I have no clue where it's going and is this a scammer, like, I get it. Um, But there are sometimes in these group moderators that can kind of vet people um, and requests. So if there's a Facebook group in your area, like a mutual aid or somewhere that you can be like, how do I connect with families that don't have enough um, for their light bill, for their food, um, for Christmas, for whatever. And if you don't have one in your county, you could think about creating one. So you 100% can play a role in strengthening economic supports for families. And the other one that you can totally help with, which is probably the biggest one, that the one that we need to start with is changing social norms, okay? So we have a huge, like, we have a, a, a separate crisis where at, we just see ourselves as separate from everyone else, right? So their problems are their problems. They're not my problems. And if all you do to help a family is not judge them, is to... um Try to help, try to listen. Maybe you don't even do anything. Maybe you just listen. Maybe you just stop a conversation. Like, so if somebody says, Oh, like her kids look dirty and they don't even, you know, wash at night, or I wonder what she's feeding them, or, you know, you see a kid that is dirty, or is always late, or is overweight, or whatever, and you can hear the chatter of people kind of judging the parents, right? Oh, she's always late, I don't even know what she does, she probably sleeps all day, whatever that chatter is, if you can be the person that says, hey, we have no clue what that person is going for, have you guys asked if she needs any help? Um, have you guys tried to get to know them? So, just changing some norms, just when you're in the world where people would rather judge than help, um, understand that, hey, you guys all, especially when it comes to children, right? There's children in that situation. We love to sit there and say, the problem isn't the schools, the problem isn't, you know, uh, the churches, the problem is the parents. And I don't, I, you, that you share in that. You know, like I understand that it starts with the home and that we do need to be, you know, we have to have strong families and strong parents, but how are we helping strong parents? And how we're helping them is we're showing up for them. We're listening. And even if it's just from three aisles away in the grocery store, if you're just not judging, if you are just like, I see all that struggle and I'm praying for you, you just say that to yourself. And if your heart is open and you've got love for them, that is huge and that's gonna start helping change social norms, right? About how we talk about and how we take ownership over our community. This is not I'm here and they're there and they make this community worse and da, da 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 da. No, this is our community. We are a family. You are here, I'm here. We're shopping at the same grocery store, we're going to the same church, okay? Our kids go to the same school. So, We already have some things in common. How are we helping each other out? How would you want to be viewed in that exact situation? Okay. Another thing that I think that we can all, we all need to take responsibility is intervention to prevent risk and future harm. Now, we're not all mandated reporters. And it doesn't mean that we all need to start intervening or making reports, but we too often want to close our eyes and just say, Ooh, that felt uncomfortable. Oh, I don't know if I should do anything. And I'd rather just get in my house and pretend that didn't happen. I'd rather just continue with my grocery shopping and pretend I didn't see that. Now, again, I'm going to say, if you know of a neighbor that you're concerned for their kids' welfare or whatever, you know, do whatever feels right to you if you want to make a report. But I would love that you get to know people that you you just try to get to know them hey how are you um you know start talking to them start talking to them about their kids see if you can get to know them see if you can understand their story see if you can help and you can be a community that helps if you think that there's a parent that might just need some help then it might be nice to see if you can can help that person and make a connection with that person rather than just making a report behind closed doors, an anonymous report um, that may make that parent feel like horrible when they're trying their hardest and now they're getting a knock at the door from the Department of Children and Families, right? So how can we help? How do we get to know our families, okay? I used to have to make reports as a mandated reporter and even when I made reports to Department of Children and Families, I did it with the family. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to do that with the family. I'm just saying making a report isn't a thing where you do it out of, oh, they're doing something wrong. I'm going to report them. It is, hey, we've got to get ahead of this. I, you know, we need additional support. This is something that needs to be reported. I'd like to make the report with you. Or I'm going to make the report. But it should be out of, we need to get ahead of this. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. It is not like... Judgmental you can tell the difference between those two, right? Okay now If you want to go a step further um, And a step deeper, I think it's always important that we lead by example, right that we care for ourselves before that we can fully care for others and Understanding our own childhoods in our own traumas allows us to be aware of what perspective that we're bringing to our relationships and we're bringing to our community right something might be like completely appalling to us because it has a meaning to us because of our own childhood where other people are like that's not that big of a deal right every all of our experiences our background where we come from all of that has colored our experience in some way and so we just want to be aware of it it's fine that is that is the same true for everyone, but we want to be aware of it. So I invite you to actually get your own, take your own paces inventory. Um, What childhood experiences did you have and how do you think they affected your life? Like there's things I'm sure right now you're like this definitely affected me, this definitely affected me and you could list off the negative things that happened in your life. Um, and then like how did they affect you? how did they affect you long term? Were there positive experiences that you really think helped you? Um, and continue to look at and unpack your own, your own patterns, your behaviors, your beliefs, your traumas. What really impacted you positively? And that will create space for you to be more empathetic and more accepting and more curious of other people's experiences because as you're unpacking and you're getting curious and you're taking your own ACE score and you're seeing your positive experiences, um, you're getting validated, then you would, you know, you'd give that to somebody else too. You'd say, oh, there's a whole bunch of things that are making up this experience that you're having right now or how you're showing up as a parent. I get that because I've done my own inventory. Um, so you're able to hold space for somebody else's experiences when you, when you look at your own. So I'll put the link to the ACEs in the resilience test for you to take in the description. It's just like 10 questions or something um, and you add up your score. And then uh, that's your ACEs score. That's your adverse childhood events score. Um, And then you will add up your resilience score. And you can see like, I have a pretty high ACE score But i also have a high resilience score so because um i had so many positive experiences in my life i was able to navigate all of the adverse childhood experiences pretty well and still be quite successful um but it helped me realize like regardless of how i turned out when I was going through my ACEs inventory I was like wow you know I have a pretty high score here and it helped validate some things and it helped me realize like I needed a high resilience score. It also made me realize oh my gosh what if I didn't have all these positive childhood experiences I would be at much greater risk for some of these negative health outcomes um, and so it made me empathize with people that have the same uh, ACEs score as me but didn't get the positive experiences that I got. So I'm always into introspective introspection and um, I will drop those in case you want to take inventory of your own paces in the description. I hope that this helps you see the huge role that you can play in counteracting ACEs and not just as a mentor, but just as a community member, right? We have a responsibility as a community member to be trauma-informed and to be coming at this work, coming at our communities in this ACEs prevention type way. And it's not a you versus them, it is how do we build this trauma-informed community? How do we understand that childhood impacts adulthood and that we are all just children that grew up right and we're all just doing our best and how do we become the best community member uh there's also an organization called paces connection um so they are like a social network for trauma-informed communities so you can go to pacesconnection.org i'll link that and um, you can join a community there and just see who's in your community that that is trauma-informed so it might be local schools that have been in um, that are on that other local businesses um, community members I know when I looked mine up there was a ton for Florida and there were like three in my county so that's good to know Um, you can you can go on there and and see if you have a Paces connection in your area and just see who is interested and invested in being trauma-informed, and maybe you can plug yourself in to those places as well, okay? All right, don't forget to check out our free webinar of our program, model, and if there's somebody that you think should launch a Stable Moments program, make sure you share that with them. Until next time.